0: Welcome back to Colored Couch Conversations, a podcast where I have intimate conversations with women of color on my couch, my virtual couch right now. Today, we will discuss growth, revealing our true selves and collective consciousness. I am your host Jasmine W. And I have a very, 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 very special guest today. She is a yoga instructor, an entrepreneur, an influencer, and Get Loved Up training alumni. She specializes in vinyasa and tantric yoga, with a focus on collective healing and expanded consciousness. You can follow her on Instagram at yogijazporter, that's Y-O-G-I-J-A-Z-P-O-R-T-E-R, where you will find her shop, Ascend by Jazz Porter and check out her website yogijazzporter.com for information on private yoga sessions and sign up for her wonderful newsletter. This is my personal friend, Jasmine Porter. <laughs> what an intro. <laughs> you are all of those things. Love <laughs> Hi, friends. Hey, Jazz. Hey, Jazz. Okay, so I had some scheduling mix-ups with Jazz. I didn't even tell her that it was video the first time, and she was like, "But my natural hair, like she don't look flawless every time I see her." I was like, (laughs) "Thank
1: you," but (laughs) things can get crazy.
0: (laughs) We know it's a you see my hair today. It's a process. It is. I had to plan for this three days ago. (laughs) We're (laughs) here. I did a TikTok yesterday about how it takes a whole day to invest in your hair for the next few days, so we know. Okay, well, we always start the podcast with the quote of the day. Jazz, you know this quote because you chose it. And the quote is, "'Cause I don't wanna cover up anymore. Not my face, not my mind, not my soul, not my thoughts, not my dreams, not my struggles, not my emotional growth, Nothing by Alicia Keys. What does this quote mean to you, Jazz? Why did you choose it?
1: Well, for the context of your podcast, I thought that it was really significant for just women of color in general, because I think there's so much of ourselves that we have to cover up in order to be successful or to be accepted or to be loved or to be understood. To get to a space where you're just like, I don't want to anymore. It requires an incredible amount of self-awareness self-love self-respect and courage to feel like you know what no matter what the response is what i may lose or you know whatever the effects may be like i have to show up as myself it's like the ultimate act of self-love and i've recently within the last two years gotten to that space finally and i'm 30 now so it's a beautiful place to be and i know a lot of black women who are much older than me who have not come to that space and yeah, I just thought it was a beautiful reminder.
0: Yeah, I I think it totally is. I will say that um, when Alicia Keys chose not to wear makeup anymore, I was I was kind of conflicted, and this was a few years ago, because I was like, "Girl, we can play," but then I understood the significance of it for her, you know. But then I also thought, "Girl, um, but we not gonna put on no blush though." But then I thought, "No, this is her choice." <laughs> Um, but you relating it to so many other things as a black woman and, and how we cover up is uh is really amazing. Like how do you if a if a black woman came to you right now, I'm coming to you and saying, What are some ways that you show your true self? How do you even do that? What what would you say to them? Woo!
1: There's a lot of things I don't do anymore. And being an entrepreneur really helps me do that without so much backlash. One, being my authentic self all the time. Code switching. I don't do that anymore. And code switching is like a natural. Sometimes you don't even notice that you're doing it. You just adapt to the situation. But now I walk into situations and let them adapt to me. Mm. And that is so powerful. And also, like with the least with Alicia Keys, I think anytime you're in some sort of spiritual awakening process, and you're like, I'm awakening to the fact that I'm doing something that is not in alignment with myself we all like hop all the way over to the extreme end of the spectrum which for her is completely no makeup all natural hair for every award show and then you eventually come to some space of balance where it's like okay I can do this sometimes it doesn't define me I feel comfortable and I love myself without it with her I mean we can only imagine the pressure that she's had as a celebrity yeah so I totally get it like even With my journey, there was a point where I, there was nothing on my nails, nothing on even having a little bit of makeup on today. I wasn't doing that at all. But Mm -hmm. now I'm like, okay, sometimes I feel like getting this cool.
0: You know what? As a comedian, it has actually given me that power as well. Like since I've quit my job, I don't really code switch either. There are some moments where I have to get you together. (laughs) (laughs) To me, that's not, it's not code switching for me because it's like, oh, let me you know what let me get my mind together to go into my vocabulary so that i can get you all the way wrapped up so that you don't forget that i'm intelligent or you know i can get on your level kind of thing but um there's so much power in like being able to be who you are at all times and people who
1: don't realize that they get that i don't like using the p word but <laughs> that they get to experience life as themselves without consideration of other people to just be it's so different than the the person of color's experience we cannot just be Mm. and if we do there could be consequences yeah if you want certain things in life if you want to be in certain rooms if you want certain jobs if you want certain acquaintances you cannot just be
0: do you think that there's a difference between code switching and between because i think oftentimes black women we have to say we are not just one thing i can be over here in the hood with you and kick it and i can be in the office do you think that there's a difference between us in different environments and code switching or do you think that those are kind of the same thing like what are your thoughts on that
1: that is an interesting question i guess when we talk about the difference between Authenticity and appropriateness Mm. because you know, cussing and talking crap or twerking, dancing at the family barbecue or whatever is not appropriate in an office setting, but you can still show up as your authentic self in both situations. When you feel like you cannot speak your mind, you can't express yourself, you can't disagree. You can't be direct, be direct about something or address something that you genuinely feel or is based on who you actually are, then that is more of a code switch. I'm doing this to appease you, to be silent, to silence myself in some way or put myself in this box that you can easily open and understand
0: you know yeah i totally i think you explain that so well because i think a lot of times we do get wrapped up in between well how can i be myself it's like you have to still be appropriate still be you know um who you are while being professional whatever that is for you individually This conversation is making me feel like that I have a joke that I felt always felt was kind of powerful. But I think it's more powerful when when you put it into this context, because I have a joke that I do on the road about, oh, um, how I act white at work. You know, I have like a lot of jokes about that. But there is at one point where I, I ask a white woman in the audience, what do you sound like at home? And I hold the mic up to give her an opportunity to tell me, like, "Nah, give me your real voice. And she's always like, this is how I sound. I'm like, no, but you can't do that all day. And it's kind of, <laughs> it's funny, it's hilarious, but it's also an opportunity. It shows so, it it brings so many different things to light. Like not only do you not have to do that, number one. Number two, is that truly you? Like it's a real question, you know what I mean? So it, it sheds a light on um, on code switching and being black at work and being your your true self all at the same time, which I think is like really powerful. I need to figure out how to tap into that a little bit more.
1: That is actually really funny. And who white people are in the comfort of their own home around other white people is something that black people will never experience.
0: Ever. So we
1: have no clue what's going on at home. I do believe that there is some level of switching when it comes to work, um, but it's for different reasons, more political reasons. I've definitely seen some really unbelievable things happen with the way they engage with each other. And even, you know, hearing conversations behind closed doors about other white people Mm -hmm. is really interesting. So it's just, there's a lot of uh, misunderstandings that we have across cultures. Wow. It's pretty strange.
0: I feel like I could go move in with a white family for a month and never know who they really are, but you can't live with my family for a month and not know who we are because we're not about to do that for that long, number one. (laughs) Number two. in my house. Okay, and then we're just you know we we have to be a bit more authentic. I don't know.
1: Our understanding of authenticity is based on our version of authenticity, and that's something I try to stretch myself with with understanding other cult- not just white people but any other culture or type of person. I'm measuring realness based off of a feeling that I feel as a black person with other black people that are close to me, but just because someone's version of authenticity or connection or love feels different doesn't mean it's fake or that it's reserved that may be someone's actual offering
0: you know how white people be like oh but you're different you're black but you're you're different like you're not like the other black people, how is, and this is for like any of that's not black that's listening, how is us saying that the white girl is different or our, my white friend is different, different from how they say that about us? I was just
1: about to say, there's times where we say that about, like I just said that about the one white girl that does come to visit and we do have a very close personal one-on-one relationship. She, so I definitely believe in cultural similarities. I think that stereotypes come from somewhere. Each Mm. group has certain commonalities and it's not to say that everybody in that group is the same, Mm. but you are different from my perception of your group, what they display on TV or whatever. But I was going to ask you with you feeling like it's uncomfortable for white people or some of your black friends that you bring it up often. Do you think that you can over-identify with your race? I think like throughout my spiritual journey and understanding myself, the soul, separate from my package, my presentation, my identification, my ego, my the things that you can see about me is not who I am. Those are things about me. I am a Black woman. I'm having an experience here being seen that way, and there are things that... I embody as a person because of that, but I feel like I'm so much more than that, that I don't feel like I have to make it a point to identify or attach myself to those two things, being female and being Black all the time. Yeah. And that it, it decreased as my awareness increased, I guess.
0: Yeah. I do think you can over identify with being Black because I think my dad does. Uh, <laughs> I do think that that I'm affected by that. <laughs> but, um, you know, what? I would feel like it would be something that I needed to let go if I felt like it was a burden on me. But I feel like it is really honestly like a part of who I am and how I connect with my ancestors or how I connect with the world. I think I see it in such a positive way that it would be a shame for me to feel like I needed to let it go because of my ego or something like that. I don't know how, if that makes sense. Um, I do feel like I identify with being a a black person very deeply. Like my love for, for black people is deep, you know? And it's something that I'm always, I always feel very strongly connected to, but it's not necessarily how, it's not necessarily the only thing about me or one of the first things that I would use to describe about myself. I went to therapy for it, so I'm feeling all right about it. But you know- like, I did
1: go through some stuff, so I should be good.
0: I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna move us on to the second part of the podcast. It's called Random Questions, where you'll get to hear more of our wonderful conversation. Um, but I want y'all to get to know Jazz too, okay? I don't wanna talk y'all to death on this podcast because me and her will go back and forth. All day. <laughs> I do have a few random questions for you, Jazz. Okay. Jazz is a vegan. You're vegan, right? Right. I would love to know, what do you eat when you're craving a chicken wing?
1: Or do you crave I a do chicken wing? I not crave a chicken wing. <laughs> okay. Do you crave <laughs> buffalo sauce? I actually just made some buffalo fried uh, banana blossom. So there are a lot of different um, vegetable textures. So I definitely am not a fan of processed meat. So meat period is out of my craving scope. Like I don't, the texture would make me nauseous. So I'm, and processed food is terrible for you. But jackfruit, I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, Banana blossom is actually going to give you kind of a texture like Um, a fried catfish, if you will.
0: But wait, what is a banana blossom? Is it jackfruit?
1: No, it is the flower portion of the banana tree, the root of that, before it actually blossoms into a flower. And they take that and they put it in water and preserve it. If you've seen jackfruit, real jackfruit versus jackfruit in a can, I mean, anything in a can is different, but the jackfruit in a can is very similar to what the Banana blossom feels like texture-wise, but it's a lot softer. It's shaped different, but you can bread it up, fry it up, throw it in the uh, air fryer or whatever and get a fried product that has a nice texture to it. And you can season it just like you would a meat product.
0: So you, what did you do to it? You put it in the air fryer and then what? So first, the
1: first time I experimented with it, I put it in actual beer batter and actually fried it. That didn't go too well. I'm going to have to try that again. And I don't really like using the grease like that. Yeah. So this time I didn't put any breading on it. I just let it fry the skin. So I actually seasoned it with this buffalo seasoning and some sea salt and just some light hemp oil. And then I put it in there and it was so good. That's what I ate right before I got on here. So yeah, there's so many like now vegan food has evolved so much. We got fried crab cakes. We got catfish po'boys. We got all yeah. kind of anything. Now, it's people are so creative.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, listen. I we crave a, a nugget every now and then. Um, um, <laughs> or what we what we would like to think of as a nugget. Me and John, we don't eat meat, but we still eat fish. So we ordered nugs the other day. They're like these new vegan nuggets. They're processed food, So it's not something you want to eat all the time. But we thought we're in quarantine. Let's order these. They were terrible. Whoa. Not terrible. I think I gave them a six. Pretty you bad. wouldn't eat it again. I would not eat it again nor order them again. But we did have some. We found some vegan nuggets at Target. And I said, let me try these out. And those are really good. Those tasted like your nugget that you grew up with like a a home nugget or like a mcdonald's nugget so those are really good i know jazz was gonna tell me she don't she don't crave i do not crave a nugget
1: (laughs) and i think for people like people who are not vegan who talk to vegans and it's the transitional phase that they don't understand and it depends on why you transitioned also Mm. so from the standpoint of not vegan and wanting to be or it seems difficult or unattainable, it's because you have these cravings. This is good to me. I, I'm going to eat my Popeye's. I'm going to eat whatever. So you're looking at the journey as a journey of restraint. Mm. It, I didn't restrain myself. It was really a fluid transition of as I expanded my understanding of how, how this meat was even getting to my plate and what right. was happening with my body. I didn't have to resist and fight myself about wanting it anymore. Yeah. So it's like, it's a process that's, you know, my body and spirit.
0: And I also try to tell people too, like one thing people are like, what about chicken? I'm like, chicken is not good. You never crave chicken. You actually never crave chicken. You crave something salty, spicy, crunchy. And when you can kind of get all those things. From something else from something else, then it's good. That's a great point.
1: People just have to like realize that your typical American has a basic ass diet. Like you're just really limited and you don't know what's out there or what's good or what else you can do. So in your mind, the only thing that can suffice for a crunchy chicken leg is a chicken leg.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I saw Tabitha Brown fry some okra in an air fryer. She put a little like, Season and just cut it up, air fryer. And I was like, when we get a house, I'm getting an air fryer. I don't have anywhere to put it right now, but that's gonna change my life on its own.
1: Girl, I'm like, I use it pretty regularly. Matter of fact, I have okra in the refrigerator that I was gonna do something else too, but since you just mentioned
0: that, I'm gonna girl, do you, that. Better, you better cut that up and put that in the air fryer. <laughs> 350 for 15 minutes, okay? Okay, with a little garlic powder, girl. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Okay, well, my next question is, I think me and Jazz, of course, I'm not on the same uh, journey that Jazz is on. Like, why would we be? But I think we did sort of mature at the same time, which was very convenient for us as friends. And I'd love to know, like, what is the last thing you manifested, whether it was something positive or something not so positive? What is something that you really felt like you attracted in your life?
1: Are we talking, does it matter like what scale, something small on a regular basis?
0: It could be the tiniest thing.
1: I feel like it really happens on a almost daily basis. I manifest a lot of support in my process. When I'm trying to do something, accomplish, achieve, gain, maneuver a certain way, I manifest help really quickly in a lot of ways, in major ways. Um, people just literally just hit me up and yeah. being like, hey, are you able to this, that, or the third? And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I was actually looking to do something like this. So um, within this past week, which is so funny because I think I've tapped in to manifesting even more powerfully with COVID because I'm with myself more and I can generate that energy and just pull it in. And so I was thinking about working with companies and like, you know, what what is this gonna look like? Um, as far as partnership with businesses during COVID, because we don't know when this is going to change. And some really big brands just randomly asked me to be a part of some of the things that they're doing. Uh, Fabletics and Lemon Lane messaged me in the same day and asked me to join them on some projects. And then the next three days, other things kept filtering in. And so now I'm at a space of feeling overwhelmed and saying no to certain things. So I'm like, That was fast. I only thought about it and it came.
0: Yes, yes. And you know what? You thinking about it, but you've done, you've done partnerships for what? Like the last, at least the last year. So it's also the work that you've put in and probably the way that you're positively always thinking about and even not even worrying about, but just thinking about what's next to come, like the positivity the work that you've put in already, the quarantine, and you sort of manifesting that over time so that now when you, when we're in the middle of the quarantine, you just happen to think about it, but those things are already building up for you, which is amazing. Seeing my friend build her own business over the last couple of years has been super inspiring, and I just wanna let you know that um Thank you. yeah watching somebody build something from scratch because it's just something that you wanted to do and you did it and you didn't wait you know that's that's very inspiring so go to um her instagram Yogi Jazz Porter and check out everything that she has going on this is a really good question for you because i've known you for a while and i've seen your growth i'd love to know how do you handle toxic people in 2020
1: Oh, girl, there's something in my experience right now that is not ideal. (laughs) I really don't like to use the word toxic anymore, actually. But first of all, understanding the difference between giving myself space and avoiding something. Mm. Because it's easy to just me engaging in toxicity and, you know, tapping into their negative energy is not an option for me. I've done too much work. And I know what the results can be as far as you know, it putting me in a place I don't want to be. So the next thing is like understanding, yeah, I could just shut this down and literally disengage. But that is, for whatever reason, I attracted this situation or this person. And I need to take that lesson away or else I will see it show up again. And mm. I only need to, you know, I try to get tapped on the back of the hand one time and move on. So I'm interested in finding out how can I grow from this? How can I use some of the tools that I already have and apply them in this situation and feel like I really came to a healthy space with this person or this situation? Mm. And my first instinct was to create space and be avoided, and it keeps popping up like little pokes just little provoking things and I was like you know what I'm gonna look at this a little bit closer it's not something that's in my daily experience but when it does show up I definitely feel triggered and so I'm looking at it and I'm like okay the first thing that I can do is instead of being avoidant is to operate from the space that I'm at instead of worrying about this person's intentions or where they are and if I can just continue to just be (laughs) love and just keep putting that out as much as I can, whatever my capacity is at the moment, that's gonna disarm that person and chip away from my triggers. That's how I'm handling it these days. It doesn't happen often. I really can't even remember the last time somebody bothered my soul like this, but that's what's happening right now.
0: That's actually actually such a good point too. Like, I don't know if it's like getting older or being more, mature or just being just growing more individually but i'm like dang i really don't have no drama amen <laughs> I'm yeah like, like what is that <laughs> okay i said on facebook the other day i'm like y'all my only drama i'm wondering if i should delete y'all everybody on here only reason i'm on there is some aunties and uncles you know Mm -hmm. okay y'all well we're gonna take a little break um it's been such a good conversation so far we're gonna take a break though when we come back we're gonna talk about a few trending topics and we're going to step into the keep it real corner by asking jazz her favorite thing to snack on since we do not want to gain the quarantine 15 a little bit more when we come back Welcome back to Colored Couch Conversations, y'all. I'm here with my very good friend, entrepreneur, yoga... Why can't I say entrepreneur? <laughs> yoga instructor and influencer, um, Jasmine Porter, or you may know her as Yogi Jazz Porter. Now, Jazz, we are talking about a few trending topics. I'd love to get your point of view on these because you are an expert on collective consciousness and healing. So the quarantine has increased alcohol sales, drug overdoses, and suicidal calls in several counties across the U.S., one including um, Milwaukee. They've seen a 50% increase in suicidal Deaths since the quarantine began in March. Uh, what tips can you give us on preserving our mental health during this time? Or what are you? What are you even doing?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, when you, you know, gave me this information, was the first time that I even understood that those numbers were what they were. I had a conversation with someone at the farmers market, and they were bringing to my attention that they used to be an alcoholic and. Just, you know, quarantine means something different for everybody. And for some people, this is the very first time that they've had to face themselves and be alone and look at what they have been able to distract themselves from. And now that you can't go out and be distracted, you need to distract inside. Mm. Um, So firstly, I do want to encourage anybody that knows that they know someone who is usually out on the scene are always busy or always drinking to check on those people because they're having an experience right now that they don't know how to deal with or communicate with. So if you can be of some, you know, assistance to somebody, do that. But as far as like our personal experience, I would say take this opportunity to get to know yourself because the discomfort that you might feel being alone instead of resisting it and finding a way to escape it get curious about it and lean into it. Mm. Asking yourself questions, having content, listening to a podcast, watching things that are more um, helpful to you rather than entertaining for you.
0: Mm. What are some tools, whether it's journaling, whether it's meditation, like what are some tools that have been helpful for you to really get in touch with yourself?
1: So journaling and meditation in my yoga practice is, tools that I consistently keep with me and so for the people who don't have that it's a little bit more difficult like I have a strong practice and I'm comfortable and I love to go there and I need to go there but for people who haven't tapped into that they don't even know if they're doing it right you know and just how can you hold space for yourself so some outlets creative outlets I think are really important drawing Mm. learning instruments singing, making something, even nostalgic things like getting stuff from the arts and crafts store and making something that you used to make in childhood that makes you have good memories about being alone. Mm. So yeah, tapping into those things. Yeah, that's that's the easiest, most simple advice that I can give because we can't give people too many like complicated, deep, heavy because if they're already heavy, they need something that's light and feels Good right now. Mm-hmm. And getting out into nature, even though we're in quarantine, like you definitely can social distance and get in contact with the sun and the grass.
0: Yes. I've been doing that. I've been going to Griffith Park um, a few times a week. And after I walk or do a little walk jog, you know, I can't run. I just try. And then I sit under a tree, meditate, journal. I even started drawing the scenery in front of me. I can't draw but it's not even about that. You know, I have another friend who recently lost her job during quarantine unexpectedly, and she, over the last 15 days she's been doing yoga, and she's never done yoga before, and she's fallen in love with it. She does it every day now. 10 or 15 minutes a day she started out doing. Now she's doing like 30 minutes, and it's changing her perspective. So yeah, all of those things are really good, really good. I agree. Okay, so the next question is, COVID-19 has taken an economic toll on the US. Um, What is one thing you're doing during this time to stay afloat as an entrepreneur? I know you said a couple of brands have reached out to you. Are you taking any extra steps or doing anything differently now? I can't
1: say extra steps. I think me being one with what's happening allows things to just work out for me. But something that is different is I am taking on more private clients. So, structuring your business one tip that I like to give entrepreneurs is you really need to figure out a way to have a predictable income. And when we're talking about classes that are not public and scheduled, and you have private clients, you want to structure your business like you would a membership.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: So that way you know for sure I have this person. Under this agreement for three months or six months. And I know that I have, um, you know, however much money coming in monthly. And then at this point, I will need to get another client to replace this one if they don't want to renew or extend or, you know, whatever. So you don't want to feel like you don't know what's going to happen and allowing people to just book with you sporadically, randomly. Um, I do have that option, but the price difference encourages that you have a membership.
0: Yeah. I noticed I really was ashamed of myself because I hadn't signed up for your newsletter until like a month ago. I was like, uh, I did not sign up for this. But I noticed that your newsletter comes out a couple of times a week. Do you have a schedule for that? It seems to be always like right on time, but do you have a really? schedule for you? Yes, I like don't. <laughs> it, surprising for me it seems to be right on time you know you, you seem to keep people your audience I say people like I'm not I'm a part of your people but <laughs> I feel like you seem to keep us updated on everything that's going on or you're sending out these inspirational messages right on time for me anyway I'm like okay yes I read it I smile I go on about my day so what's your schedule for your newsletter?
1: Intuition when I feel it come up I put it out I don't have a set schedule okay. and that's something that I've had to give myself permission because I feel like as an entrepreneur you can definitely apply way too much pressure on yourself and your audience I mean to just be on they're not checking for you like that yeah. they appreciate you but they're not gonna be like uh it's Tuesday I do have some people like that. When I had my uh, podcast on a certain schedule, people would be like, "Um, hello, are you putting it out today? Okay. <laughs> with the newsletter, it is timely according to what's coming up, what's happening cosmically, what is a current event, what is something that was divinely given to me as far as a message that I needed to share. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just let it come out and flow.
0: I think that's amazing. I think that is a testament. Like that is a lesson in entrepreneurship right there. And you may not even realize that sometimes we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves and it's, sometimes it's not only easier, but it's also more forgiving to ourselves to just let things flow and see how they come, you know? Yes. And it's so that-
1: authentic when it's that way. When you try to force content out, cause it's Tuesday, it is a different quality than I just went through this and it resonated so deeply, let me share this.
0: Yeah. I will say on, um, you know, I have a YouTube channel. I put out videos on Monday and Thursdays, but this Monday I didn't do one. Number one, I broke my camera on Sunday night Um, so I'm working on that but I can still do it but I was like you know what I don't feel like it (laughs) and I don't have 5,000 followers nobody checking for me so I'll get it done and the people who really want to watch it will enjoy it whenever it comes out you know today or tomorrow and that's that and when you take that sort of when you take that time for yourself to say emotionally I was upset didn't have time to do it x y and z You just feel so much better when you actually do get the product out, you know? I agree 100%. So it's
1: about you first, entrepreneur. At the end of the day, it is about you and you fill yourself up and you pour the access out to other people. You do not force yourself to pour from a semi full or empty cup.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Well, Jazz. Every episode, we step into the Keep It Real corner, and that's where people on YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok send me advice. Today, we have some really—it's a really simple one. Sometimes we get messy ones, girl. Um, but I got this one a couple of weeks ago, and I thought it was perfect for you. Um, this person said, "The quarantine 15 has been real for me. What are some of your favorite things to snack on when you have the munchies? Help." <laughs> So, when I, what are you snacking on, Jazz?
1: It really depends. Like, I have lazy snacks that I'll just eat raw things, like trail mix and fruit or whatever. And then if I want to get creative, which quarantine has definitely been inspirational for the kitchen. Like, I've been whipping up all kind of different things because I have yeah. the time to do it. So, something easy and quick that I'll say is, like, chia seed pudding. You can make anything with that pudding. So I'll do like a peanut butter and banana base for it, or I'll do something more fruity. Um, mango is one of my favorites. But so chia seeds are really, really high in fiber. They're really good for you.
0: And do they make you go to the bathroom or what is Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we need that sometimes. Yes, Let's We not- need
1: that. <laughs> uh, so most puddings have, you know, some sort of um, dairy product in it. Um, So the alternative is pretty much making a smoothie, a loose liquid smoothie, and then adding the chia seeds to it and putting it in the refrigerator and letting it, the seeds pretty much swell up with the liquid and create a jelly-like pudding. And you can make these really cute. You can put them in a mason jar and then stack some granola and some blueberries and raspberries or whatever on them that you want to. But you can make any version of this that you want to. Yeah. So that's an easy, quick one, but... There's so many. Tell this person get on Pinterest. Okay. Get on Pinterest and look through different things to snack on. Something easy, something quick, and make a lot of it, and make sure it's tasty.
0: Now, do you do you make your own granola, or do you buy it, or?
1: I get my granola from like the raw sections and like sprouts or whatever. Yeah. The bulk sections. So yeah, I don't. I try not to make it too hard on myself. The only thing that I will go out of the way to make is my own almond milk, sea moss gel, that kind of stuff. But yep. granola, yeah, I'm cool with buying it.
0: <laughs> okay, y'all. Well, listen, we have run out of time, but I need to have you on again in the future. Of course I will, because me and Jazz, when I tell y'all we have such a good conversation and we always leave space for each other to feel how we feel or get our emotions out. And that's what I love about. That's what I love about talking to you. I really do. So Jazz, tell us what you have coming up. Remind us where we can find you and get some more of your love, your hugs, your virtual hugs and all of that. I teach an
1: inversion workshop, so teaching people how to get upside down in a headstand, but in a really controlled and stable fashion. Um, So building on your core, building on your upper body, taking you through from the ground all the way up for a solid inversion practice. It's so much fun. It's a group setting. It's about 10 women, uh, which men are open to coming to, but most of my clients are women. Um, and we're all on Zoom together, and I definitely give everybody special individual attention. We do things as a group. There's a whole support system, and it's a journey that we go through, so it's just so much fun. Um, also, I teach a yoga entrepreneur workshop, so anyone who's in the indus- illness, healing <laughs> industry who is looking to be an entrepreneur and actually structure a business that they can sustain their life on, I teach them anything that you could think of me and my business partner partner on that. So we're talking about legalities. We're talking about um, actual business structure. We're talking about how to collaborate with people, how to brand yourself, how to market all these different things as an entrepreneur. Lastly for services, I do sound therapy, sound healing with crystal bowls. I do meditations. I do tarot card readings. I do soul coaching, which is a great alternative for those people who are looking for an escape from themselves, this is a great time to do some soul work. So it's pretty much talk therapy with other healing modalities. Um, And then private yoga classes also. So you can find all that information on my website, yogi And connect with me on Instagram. My Instagram is really interactive. There's live videos and uh, cosmic readings and people calling in to talk about stuff. So... Connect with me however you feel connected to do it. I also have a podcast as well.
0: Whether you're an individual or you run a business, I think it's really important to know that jazz is available for both. You know, I think companies really need it. It'd be great to have somebody do yoga virtually for a large group. You know, whether you're you're, you're doing it for a business, um, you know, for people who can't be together. I think it's a really great way to bring people together to exercise, team build over Zoom. And it's probably the future too. So thank you so much, Jazz for coming on the podcast don't forget to rate review subscribe on the platform you're listening to right now and if you loved colored couch conversations make sure to tell somebody about the show do not be selfish okay you can follow us on instagram at colored couch conversations and watch the show on my youtube that's comedian jasmine w on youtube Spell j-a-z-m-y-n thanks to my daddy um and we will see y'all next tuesday and have a good week you <laughs>